Have you finished clearing your throat, Zee? <clears throat> My throat's always croaky and sexy all the time now. Uh, I was always jealous of people who had sexy, croaky voices. Now I have one. I'm not sure I want it. <laughs> <laughs> what, you hey. do, what you do want is to be on the Bromley Buzz podcast, as I we are do. this week. Yes, welcome everyone to the Bromley Buzz podcast, and we are here at the Flexible... Flexible? Yeah, Flexible. The Newman, Newman Flexible, flexible Workspace. <laughs> Newman Road in Central Bromley. It is. And uh, my name is Specific- Darren Wheel. Specifically. And I am with my gravel-voiced uh, accompanist. Gravel-voiced? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Zenat Narani. Who wasn't at all gravel-voiced during that bit. That was um, positively sibling. It kind of goes up and down. It sounds like a boy's voice is breaking when they're about 13. Is that is that about right? I can't remember that far ago. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, where can we find the Bromley Buzz on a Monday? On a Monday? Well, in this particular case, obviously, the new workspace, but... No, Channel Radio. Oh, and Channel Radio. Oh, dear me. Look, we're recording <laughs> this, um, no secrets to the trade here, but we're recording this on a Friday afternoon. Uh, I don't know about Zenat here, but I am slightly... Uh, tired, having already done two lots of interviewing today. I've got another business meeting later on, and it's been a long week. But a good, productive week. Let's yeah. look at the bright side of All life. Okay, shall we go on to our buzzes? Or yes, I think we shall. Well, or have been, you got an interview first? Oh, one other thing. Mm. A little shout out to... Um, the staff of New and Flexible Workspace, because we met a new one today, only new to us, Sophie, who's been working here for two months, so lovely to have met you, Sophie, who is consistent with the rest of the staff here in being basically lovely, Uh, Jaya uh, and Jane and Amy. Amy, yes. You know what? Sophie even gave me a cup of tea. She came in and made me a cup of tea. I was like, what, what? (laughs) (laughs) So yes, always a delight to be here. Talking of delights... Uh, I was present when you were doing, in your professional capacity as mental health and wellbeing coach, uh, a EFT session, uh, Emotional Freedom Tapping, I rather think yes. that the word means, thank goodness for that. Well done, you were <laughs> listening. <laughs> now, regular listeners will know that roughly halfway through the episode, we normally do an affirmation or empowering question, and sometimes I forget it and have to apologise and grovel for a bit. Uh, I'm not forgetting it today and we're taking it bang out of order because the Emotional Freedom Tapping uh, session, uh, which is a way of um, dealing with your feelings and uh, a coping tool. Yes, I'm looking at Z nodding slightly at me in a not quite threatening manner as I scramble <laughs> her professionally. But uh, I was at it together with others and... <laughs> It was a very good thing uh, and helped to uh, put in place and reduce the stress levels of some stressful things for all of us actually. That was quite mm. impressive. Mm. Uh, but coming back to the affirmation, there was one as part of it. Yes, I mean, you can regard it as an affirmation, but actually, it's part of the uh, setting the statement before you begin EFT of the problem or the issue or the emotion that you are facing. Yeah, well, I think that this... It is lovely. It's a lovely statement mm. to say. So I'm going to um, hijack this bit of the show. And but I am going to put my away. original affirmation in later on. You are? Okay, let me just adjust the oh, so bullet point to... script for Oh, later. so you're going to have to write it down. All right. 
Anyway, you this, like this one. This particular right. one, though, uh, which I got you to repeat back to me earlier on, mm. goes along these lines. Even though I feel bad about how I insert difficult problem here, um, let's say that uh, I dealt with a situation mm -hmm. uh, and I did not give my best side. Even though I feel bad about how I dealt with the situation, I deeply and completely love and accept myself. I think repeatedly telling yourself that kind of a thing, <laughs> what's not to like about it? And when you combine it with the tapping technique, which actually is as literal as the term says, you tap parts of your body, um, <laughs> mostly around and above the neck, actually, for uh, those who are interested. Um, but it's a, a really nice thing. So to our listeners, please deeply and completely love and accept yourselves. Lovely. Can I, may I ask you, mm. when we were tapping, what part of the face or the body resonated with you the most? Because I shared, you know, there's certain parts that when I tap are really, really empowering for me, that re really triggers. That's a very good question. Uh, I think just under the eyes, probably. Under the eyes. Yeah. Um, and <laughs> I, I found you are meant to do these things, broadly speaking, in a particular sequence if you can, although there is yeah. flexibility, as you said. Yeah, it doesn't But I found myself, um, while you were directing people onto their next one, hanging on to the last one because I was enjoying it so much. <laughs> right. So well, talking, I'm glad. Talking of things to enjoy much. Um, the Bromley Theatre has Shakespeare in Love with a very uh, handsome young man in the lead part, I think, next week. And we're going to go and see it. The Bromley mm -hmm. Buzz will be there, won't we? Yes, and it's based on the screenplay by Mac Norman and Tom Stoppard. Mm. Yeah. We do like a bit of culture. Which brings me nicely on to a meeting I attended earlier on. I was at a steering committee meeting. Uh, something that's been going on for a little while. They put in a, a bid to help get this thing funded back in January. They mm -hmm. got it approved in March. And as a result, in July, uh, the whole of the month, Bromley will be having an arts festival. Woohoo! Mm. Amazing! Uh, yeah, and after doubtless having a, a lot of um, uh, consultation on what to call it, they came up with the title Bromley Arts Festival. Okay. Mm. Well, what? Well, it's in Bromley, so you put it in Bromley, and it's art, so we might as well say art. But there you go. I do like, as a PR, things that <laughs> uh, say what they do on the team. Uh, and that brings me on to uh, a clip of an interview which I conducted at that meeting. We're at a meeting in the Ripley Arts Centre in Bromley, and this is of the steering committee of the Bromley Arts Festival. Uh, you may not have heard of the Bromley Arts Festival before, but you certainly will be pretty much in the future. And uh, I'm talking now with Dave Armour, who's from the Bromley Little Theatre as well. Uh, Dave, can you tell me a, a tiny bit about yourself and uh, introduce the other people in the room? Uh, about myself, uh, I'm an actor and director. I'm associated with Bromley Little Theatre in so far as I run the... Um, Fundraiser, don't run it, but I'm, I'm kind of the coordinator of the fundraising project that we're doing to try and raise money for Bromley Little Theatre. Um, and I basically act and direct at the theatre and professionally. Thank you. And uh, around the room we have? And around the room, well, going from uh, my left, we have 
Myra Kinghorn, who is the chair of Bromley Arts Trust uh, and a member of the steering group of Bromley Arts Festival. And then we have Megan Bent Belton, who is our intern working with us on putting this all together. Uh, Rebecca Franken, who is our project manager. And finally, Keith Jeremiah, who is the chair of Bromley Little Theatre uh, and again a member of this steering committee. And what it is it that you're steering? The Bromley Arts Festival from the 1st of July, I believe. From the, the beginning of July to the end of July, yes. It's uh, a festival of everything and anything that is happening in the arts, entertainment, culture, uh, whatever you can find to do with your time and your energy, uh, we're going to incorporate it under an umbrella called the Bromley Arts Festival. And it's uh, basically, I think, those arts organisations which have been around for quite some time, but quite a few new ones as well. Um, certainly Bromley Little Theatre will feature well in there, as will several other theatre companies. There's a new company called Bromley Community Arts Theatre, which set up last year for a mini arts festival, which we ran last July. And they're doing an outdoor production of Great Expectations in the amphitheatre behind the Churchill Theatre. And then there are lots of other organisations, music organisations, and some events that we hope we will be able to put on in the streets if we if we can get the organisation of that sorted out with the with the council. So you've got a, your work cut out, and uh, the first event I think um, looks like being breaking the code at Bromley Little Theatre, which is to do with uh, Alan Turing uh, and uh, that whole code breaking enigma. Uh, thing and his rather remarkable story and um, right now um, by the time people listen to this Shakespeare in Love will be at the theatre even sooner. Shakespeare in Love opens next Friday mm -hmm. and uh, yeah it's uh, ready to go as far as I know. Mm. Right well lots and lots to be covering in the future we're looking forward to talking to all sorts of people involved in this uh, thank you for your time. My pleasure. There we go. That means it's your turn for a buzz, Z, and I can see that something professional is ahead. Buzz, buzz. Oh, yes. I have, or oh, well, I have not I, it's, it's actually a we, uh, myself and Chandra Sharma, um, who some of you may know us, some of you may not know us, but we are the founders of the People Skills course. Um, and it's all about communication and language, working with companies and their team members to better them, their self-awareness and of the people that they work with, including, obviously, their overall well-being. Anyway, Chandra and I, it's a bit, well, since the lockdown, unfortunately, that kind of got pushed to the side with life happening, as we know. But we are now in full swing. And from we are now launching every Thursday, the last Thursday of the month, we will, at the Bromley Central Library, it will be a lunch and learn session and we will be going through one hour snippets of the different programmes that we have, that we offer in the People Skills course. So, you know, the, the tickets can be found online. Don't ask me what the um, website is. I'll make a wild no guess. Idea. It's probably Startup Bromley. No, 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 no. Is that part of it? It's, it? Well, it's in the Startup Bromley, so we're part of mm. the Startup Bromley, but the tickets can be found on Eventbrite, and we'll probably pop the link in, mm -hmm. the posts and things. I don't know off by heart. But it's about communication and uh, language skills, 
and we're going to be looking at imposter syndrome. We're going to be sharing a bit of NLP techniques, um, managing <laughs> yourself. <laughs> Uh, no acronyms on this show, you know. Oh, come on. Neuro-linguistic... Programming. Lovely. So we'll be looking at that. Managing yourself, imposter syndrome, limiting beliefs, you know, so what's stopping you in terms of your belief systems? Do we need to change and alter that? So really quick snippets of that, which will be hands-on. You can book your tickets there. Um, for members of the Startup Bromley, it's £10, and for the non-members, it's £20, but you must bring your lunch along, so it's a lunch and learn session, because of course we, can, we do need brain food as we're learning. Uh, do you think we can send some members of Parliament along, because judging by the recent news, <laughs> they could really use <laughs> some good Absolutely, absolutely, but more the merrier, but one thing, yeah. there are only 12 spaces on each of those days. Hmm. So. Get in. Get in while you can. Okay. Grab your tickets. So right, really that, excited. That brings us on to a little bit of news. Mm -hmm. uh, and I had an interesting conversation with uh, a local campaign group, or one of the members of a local campaign group, founder. Mm. Uh, and it, the campaign group is called Nuts to the Walnuts, which is an interestingly <laughs> imaginative name uh, for the campaign group that does not like the current nature of the development in the Walnuts, That's the redevelopment of the so Walnuts. so funny. In, uh, can I just stop you there? Look, are you, yeah. not that the listeners can see, but mm -hmm. you're talking about that. Yeah. Look what I was just going to mention as well. On the Bromley News Shopper. On the Bromley News Shopper. Do you want to do the headline? No, go ahead. No, 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 it's yours. Oh, because uh, you're talking about it. It mm. says, redevelopment, single biggest election issue. Well, that'll make the guy I was speaking to really happy. Um, Basically, there are different schools of thought on the Walnuts redevelopment, and mm -hmm. it's a very big thing, going to cost or involve the spending of a lot of money, happen over a lot of time, and there are people on various sides of that particular mm. debate. And uh, the gentleman wanted to come on our show, and I've left him with a basic offer along the lines of, yes, you can come on the show and talk about what you think, um, but for, in the interest of fairness, I would like the developer along as well, so that you get both sides of the both story sides. Properly. Yeah, it's, and it we will see whether or not that happens at some future point. But you know what? One thing I really like is people who get off their bottoms and do something about something that they care about. Mm. Whether whichever side you're on of that one, at least they're taking an interest in something local and standing up and being counted. And you know what? That brings me nicely on to the second interview. Oh, have you got something else to add? I do, but let's go with the interview. Okay, we'll go to the interview. Um, we are not a political podcast, despite the fact we've interviewed Gareth Bacon MP, Sir Bob Neill MP and Bob Stewart MP, and we'll be doing Ellie Reid MP and various councils. And we'll be doing Dazzle MP and Zazzle MP and Sazzle MP. Uh, I, I would resign immediately on the grounds of incompetence um, before, and I'd need to go on the People's Skills course, as mentioned earlier on, in order to get the skills required to be an MP, uh, or possibly an, an un-People's Skills course to be like You've someone. already been on a People's Skills course, you've had That's some true. taster, sorry. Are you scraping? I'm scraping. <laughs> <laughs> I know, you don't like the scraping while we're recording. So that, that is how Life in Orpington and Life in Bromley magazine sound like when travelling across a Formica surface. Anyway, back to just the interview. been given the whip. Right, we have an interview with uh, people from the new political party in the borough, um, Chiselhurst Matters. Uh, 
and in it uh, they explain, or two of them, two of the people who are standing, uh, explain about their backgrounds and uh, about their love of their community and we're not really talking about what they're campaigning on, that's for people to go to and find out about, but knowing who they are and uh, about Chislehurst, mm. in the same way we do with people who have already been elected, seemed a nice thing to do. So here's the interview. We're in the Ginger and Spices Indian restaurant in Chislehurst and I'm with two-thirds of a newly formed political party called Chislehurst Matters. Uh, nice of them to invite me into an Indian restaurant but there's no food out, uh, very sadly. Uh, Michael Jack and Alison Stammers, welcome to the podcast. Good afternoon. And uh, could you um, tell us a little bit about yourselves? Uh, I know that you are people who feel things could be different. And unfortunately, this podcast isn't really a platform for uh, politics in that sense. But you're obviously motivated because you've done things before. What, what have you been doing previously? Okay, shall I, shall I start? Um, mm. I've actually been volunteering in Chislehurst for a significant number of years. Back in 1994-1995, I became chair of the governing body of Mead Road Infant School and went on to sit in the Bromley Council Schools Forum. Um, I subsequently worked locally in uh, Chislehurst at Bullerswood School for Girls, but when I left there in 2009, I had some time on my hands, um, so I set up with a friend, a local Friends of the Recreation Ground group, Friends of Chislehurst Recreation Ground, FOCRG, and we went on to create really great things in the park, lots of new facilities, new playground. That led into an introduction to the Chislehurst Society, where I served for 12 years on their executive committee. And in 12, 000, uh, sorry, 2012, I um, set up the Chislehurst Town Team, looking at our high street and ways in which we could improve it. I was hugely honoured um, to receive the Daily Telegraph Mary Porter's High Street Champion of the Year Award. And I think my, the achievements that myself and my team um, made are very evident in the high street today. It's vibrant, it's buzzing, we've got empty shops but they're only empty because they're about to be transformed for the most part into something else. Um, they don't stay empty for that long apart from the time it takes to negotiate. So um, yes I've got track record there in the high street. I have also sat on the local police panel for many many years as secretary and during COVID, one of the things I'm particularly proud of is when we could see that we were going into lockdown, it was clear that a lot of help was needed in the community. With the full backing of the Chislehurst Society, I set up a Chislehurst Community Support Group. And what we did there is we tried to get each road to set up its own little network, support group through WhatsApp and cards through doors. But we also provided central help that included, for example, my husband and I going out and collecting prescriptions six days a week and delivering them to those who were isolating or in need. Um, so I was very proud of that and to this day we still occasionally um, do do that service. But I guess my legacies so far in Chislehurst are twofold. One, we've got the lovely sign on the common that I managed to get um, funding for. Um, I think it's absolutely beautiful. It's the logo that we use for Visit Chislehurst, which is an organisation I also set up that Mike now chairs. And the other thing is the Bear Trail. Several years ago, prior to COVID, I came up with this concept of wooden bears throughout Chislehurst. 
and I was lucky the society, the Chislehurst Society, agreed to fund it. So we have a wonderful bear trail throughout Chislehurst that has just been used as a Visit Chislehurst event to raise three defibrillators for our town. So, sorry that sounds a lot, but that's because I'm a busy person. <laughs> well, I've, I've seen the evidence of some of that stuff, so uh, came to the uh, Chislehurst Christmas Fair, which was a really, really thriving uh, event. Met the people who were the bear carvers. Yes, uh, it's Will Lee, amazing guy. Yeah, there was the Santa there, the little um, uh, mini toy, not toys, that's the wrong word, but anyway, the things that the people, the little kids could run up and down on and race on. Yes, and, yeah. uh, it was just loads of stuff. It, it was a really, really lovely day, and uh, that's where I interviewed one of the visitors of her people as well. Um, Victoria? Yes, she's, she's one of my team. Yep. Yeah. So from that point of view alone, it's actually a pleasure to be speaking to people who have been involved in various aspects of Chislehurst. Uh, so you're more current in the, well, uh, you have the current position as chair of the Visit Chislehurst Society. Do you want to fill me in on your background and uh, this, yep. Mark? I mean, it's quite nice that you kind of finished on the Christmas market. I mean, that was a fantastic event. Mm, uh, we tried to do it the year before, uh, but because of the coronavirus, we couldn't do it. So last year was the first time that it actually went live. Uh, we closed the road. Uh, we had a head count of over 12,000 people. And that's what Visit Chiselhurst is about. It's an organization which was founded by Alison. I've been involved for a number of years now. I, I'm the chair. We have a very good team. We spoke to Victoria. So we closed the road, 12,000 people. It's about dragging or bringing people to Chiselhurst, enjoying the high street, uh, growing the business, getting more footfall. So that was one of the events that Visit Chislehurst did last year. We also did the big picnic, which again, in conjunction with the Chislehurst Society, we had it on the, the cockpit, which is down near the Crown and the Tiger's Head, and we had Victorian games. Uh, we put on uh, a band, uh, and it was a very traditional kind of, we're open again after this horrendous coronavirus. Chislehurst is open for business. Bring your family down, have a picnic, Victorian games. Uh, and that was another lovely afternoon. That's all kind of with the Visit Chislehurst side, which is about increasing, supporting the businesses in Chislehurst. I'm also heavily involved in Rotary. Uh, Rotary is a very much a community uh, charity. Every uh, penny we earn goes back into charity, so there's no middlemen. Uh, visit, uh, sorry, Rotary in Chislehurst, we do the fireworks. Uh, we also do the Christmas collections, and we also do the summer fair. So that keeps me quite busy. We've got Visit Chislehurst, we've got Rotary, but I'm also uh, founder and chair of the Susanwood Residents Association. And that started many years ago where we uh, still live in, a, in an unadopted road uh, and we couldn't get from the top to the bottom and we needed to resurface it. Uh, so we formed a residents uh, association. We did a lot of charity uh, raising and we, we resurfaced the whole road. And, and that was a three year job, but it was a three year battle with uh, Bromley Council try and get something done so it kind of gave me a bit of an insight to how the council works um, so apart from that I also do a little bit of work as a road steward for the Chislehurst Society so I, I work very closely for Chislehurst Society but to me uh, you know Chislehurst it's not you know people say Chislehurst is a beautiful place that it is but what to me what it makes the big difference is the, uh, the volunteers that make it so unique uh, which makes it a very special place to live. So, you know, like Alison, I'm a kind of serial volunteer. I want to help people. I want to make Chislehurst a better place to live. Uh, 
we'd been looking at lots of, we'd been talking about, we were very aware of the politics in Chislehurst for a long time because there's volunteers to get things done. We often have to involve politicians. But after a period of time, we just got more and more frustrated that maybe things weren't getting done as quickly as, as we thought they could be. And you're up for election to become people who might make them happen more quickly. Hopefully. Coming up soon. Yes. Um, tell me, I'd rather like Chislehurst myself, right from things like the Duck Pond through to Joe Bell's Coffee Shop, which I'm particularly fond of, yes. I have to say. Yes. The One condition opened in lockdown. Yeah. Oh, uh, and, you know. and again, that's a great example. She is one of our members, mm. and uh, we supported her. She's done a fantastic job. And like Alison said, she opened up, and we've got several lovely stories like that, that in lockdown, people managed to open their businesses on a high street with our support, who have grown from strength to strength to strength. Yeah, and uh, the cockpit would be another example where you Absolutely. mentioned earlier on. And they've uh, been... By, you know, a place that's a micro-pub and has a forest in it, a very good uh, forest as well, uh, is lovely. And these are all dog-friendly in there. And absolutely. So yeah. And that's what makes Chislehurst uh, unique. Both of those businesses have been very supportive to us. They're mm. community businesses, and that's why they work. We support them, uh, and they, people go there to meet they're fantastic businesses to have. Is there any particular bit of the community that uh, you'd like to throw in a mention for uh, as well? What do you mean by yeah, that? Sure yeah, be, be it a, a shop or a, a service but or they had, uh, businesses? a church or other uh, faith group or whatever? I, I would say, who, who would like to mention mm. and give a shout out, yeah. uh, you know, Visit Chiselhurst has uh, over 150 businesses and I could quite easily sit here and go through them all because we're huge fans of mm. them all. Uh, they, they belong to Visit Chiselhurst, we help grow uh, we have some fantastic businesses, like we've got Ginger and Spices, we've got uh, Joelle's, you mentioned the cockpit, we've got the Imperial Arms, uh, it's just, we've got the new bakery. You'll be talking forever. I, yeah, I, and, 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 now, and now I'm afraid I'm going to miss somebody out, but we, yeah. they're all great businesses. Right, here's a question. But other, but other organisations, if you're talking about other organisations, yeah. and one of the wonderful things about Chiselhurst is there are so many organisations, but we all work very effectively, either alongside each other or all together. We all have the same aims, and that is the improvement of Chislehurst. So I'd like to do a big shout out to the Chislehurst Society. You know, they obviously I sat on the executive committee for 12 years. I'm still co-opted to them. They do an absolutely fantastic job in Chislehurst, looking after our heritage, the environment, um, giving out grants, um, helping people. They're, they're, they're just wonderful. Um, and, and they, for example, um, you know, have helped to physically improve Chislehurst, like the, you know, funding the bear trail that I was involved in. And also, I'd like to pay tribute to the trustees of the Common, who uh, do a wonderful job looking after the fantastic green space that we have here. And I couldn't let this podcast go up without a mention to my own personal favourites, because I'm biased, because I helped to set them up, and that's Friends of Chislehurst Rec. Um, Friends of Chislehurst Rec have completely transformed the recreation ground. It is not like the park it was back in 2009 when the Friends formed. And that is due to the hard work of volunteers. But the plea that we always have is we need more volunteers. Yeah, the same volunteers turn up for, yeah. you know, whether it's Rotary or Visit Chislehurst or Chislehurst Society or whatever it may be. Um, 
we dearly, dearly love to have some more volunteers. And they don't have to give the time commitment that we do, just the time that they can spare. Mm. I think um, that's, so a shout yeah. out for more volunteers, please. <laughs> I, I think that's a valid point. And again, that's what makes Chiselhurst so special. And what we did a couple of years ago for the Chiselhurst Society kind of uh, organised this, is we got all the uh, wonderful groups in Chiselhurst, and there are a large number of them, uh, and we had a meeting uh, where, where we were talking and, and we are sharing resources more than ever now. Uh, you know, the summer fair, uh, we have gazebos, we have everything, other uh, charities are borrowing that now. And we're talking because we all have the same issues. We all need presidents, we all need secretaries, we all need fundraising, we all need volunteers. All right, I've got a, I'm going to ask you a couple of questions to do with the um, growth of the party. And that's because we're not encouraging anyone to vote any particular way. But we want people to take part in politics and to vote, and people need to understand stuff to do with that. So, firstly, do you have a campaign headquarters, and do we happen to be sitting in it in this Indian restaurant? We've got, we've had lots of businesses that have come out. As you walk down the high street, you will see our posters on the windows. They are supporting us. No, so but where do you locate yourself? We mainly in Allison's place, but mm. we are like we are using ginger and spices today. Uh, we do meet at the cockpit. We try and spread ourselves around so we're out in the community. Well, the, the most important question of the day is, what are your favourite dishes in ginger and spices? Uh, I'm a, a lamb biryani lady. Absolutely uh -huh. love their lamb biryani. And I'm a very mild curry. I still cannot get used to a spicy curry. So mine's either a very mild chicken or a very mild lamb okay. curry. What about you? I haven't eaten here. Before. We recommend uh, it. It's really good. It's fantastic. Uh, this it, is it's this going to be really absolutely. difficult research to have to do. <laughs> all right, here's a, a question for you. Okay, we've got say we've got somebody listening in Biggin Hill or in Penge, and they want to start up their own party for their local uh, community and become an independent or whatever it is. What steps do you have to go to? What, what did you do to start this ball rolling? Biggin Hill is already independent and it remains to be seen after next week whether it remains independent. But um, basically we decided rather than to go individually as independents to form an independent party. So the first step for us was to um, go to the Electoral Commission and finding out the rules and regulations and what we had to do. So we filled in the paperwork, created a constitution, set up um, a bank account, um, and were formally registered. We then set up a website which Mike has done an absolutely amazing job on and on that we needed some funding. <laughs> um, to start off with we were happy to self-fund it but running a campaign takes quite a lot of money. So we set up a, a funding page on our website which we were absolutely overwhelmed by the response to and then that, therefore that gave us the financial cushion to be able to go out and, and do what we're doing now. So those are the stages that I recommend going through, but we're more than happy to talk to anybody. If anyone wants to uh, follow our journey, we're happy to give our best practice and also perhaps how to avoid some of the little you know, pitfalls. pitfalls we may have uh, looked at along the way. I know, or used to know, that um, becoming an MP required a deposit or an amount of money to be put forward uh, and it used to be quite a low figure like 1,000 to 1,500 pounds which was raised. Uh, is there a similar deposit you need to put forward as a prospective council? No, as a political party I, I, it costs us 150 pounds to register, to register. that's it. Okay. Yeah. 
Uh, right, in which case, what I would say is that we would, as ever, encourage people to vote full stop. Absolutely. It doesn't necessarily matter who to, but Absolutely. vote. Uh, and I'd like to ask you there, why should people vote in this local council election? And if they were to choose you, where can they find you online? Okay, uh, why vote? You need to have a voice. And if you want your voice heard, you need to vote. These elections are very, very important. These councillors represent the area, the ward that you live in. The council does so many things in our community. Everything that we're involved in is run by the council. So it's important that you have your say. Do your homework. There's lots of uh, websites out there. Go out, do as much homework as you can, but definitely, whatever your political views are, go out there and vote. If you want more information about us, we can go to Facebook, you can go to Twitter, you can go to Instagram. Our website is www.chiselhurstmatters.com uh, and we're Chiselhurst Matters on all the other social medias, uh, channels. But please, yeah, go out there and vote. It's just so important. The last local election, 39% yeah. of the ward turned out to vote. So we've actually been running a Why Bother to Vote campaign mm. on our social media. So we've given some reasons there. Um, and one of the ones that I like is it, it, you know, it's better, it's 100% more effective than complaining on, the, on uh, social media. You know, if you're voting yeah. for your councillors, you've then got somebody you can go to to say, please help me with this by putting a post on Facebook or Twitter, complaining hmm. about something won't actually resolve the problem. And if you've got time to sit on social media and you, know, and you want your voice heard, you've got time to go down or do a postal vote. It's that simple. Yeah, and uh, if you go out for a curry, there's a reasonable chance you might bump into the party anyway. Absolutely. That's exactly right, if you come down to ginger and spices. And you've done, and you've done scraping, scraping and I've done rustling in terms there of... There we go. It's so, you're like so to, competitive, aren't you? Would you like to interrupt the news I would like to. Uh, no, or, I don't want to affirm. Impression. I actually want to rustle my Bromley News Shopper. There we Classy go. shuffling, yes. Yes. So um, this is a pub that I go to quite often, or I was going to, and it's really nice. It's a beautiful pub in mm. Hayes, and they've just refurbished and uh, it's called the George Pub in Bromley mm -hmm. and it's welcoming all its customers back and new customers. It's, the, it's located on Hayes Street in Bromley. So uh, great food there, great ambience, definitely a place to check out. What's it called again? The, the George. Mm. The George, so just before you go in Bromley. Friday afternoon short-term memory loss <laughs> on my part there. And the other thing I wanted to talk about um, mm -hmm. was um, I read Chippies in top 50 UK takeaways. Uh, two fish and chip shops in Orpington, I know Dartford's not part of Bromley, but there's mm. one in Orpington, uh, have been named amongst the best in the UK in the latest annual Fry Awards. The fish and chips, uh, the village of fish and chips located on Petswood Road in Orpington and the chippy in a Lowfield Street in Dartford were named on the top 50 takeaway spots. So the winners are selected by the judges who visit the shops and sample the food, inspects the cleanliness of the stores, tests the staff's knowledge and looks at their social media presence. And that's how they were mm. done. It goes on with that. So that's quite nice to know. Didn't know that was in Orpington in Petswood. That's interesting. No, I've had uh, some chips there some years ago, so I cannot give a contemporary verdict. Mm. Um, what I can say is that the best few chips I've had were actually in Scarborough. 
in Yorkshire. I wouldn't know. I'm not a fish and chippy girl. Maybe we should ask Sarah. She loves her fish and chips as well. Doesn't yes, she? that's right. Chair Mars Collins. Uh, uh, digital. Maple Monkey. Digital. But digital. Monkey. I'm getting everything yeah. back to front today, aren't I? It's the Friday factor. It's the Friday factor. Mm. So, what do you think of deep fried Mars bars? A <laughs> northern delicacy, which no. has come down here, because no. I'm pretty sure I've seen them in the fish and chip shop in Eldred Drive in Orpington. Oh, really? No, mm. I'm not a massive fan of it. And there is also, and this is timely for now, people who are doing deep fried Cadbury's cream eggs. Oh, God, that's revolting. <laughs> yes, I don't know of any local sources of these. So, I don't uh, even I like Cadbury cream eggs, let alone deep no. fry them. Anyway, I was just wanted to ask you, you being a, uh, a PR media mm. guy, um, I wanted to ask you, because there's this thing in um, Life in Bromley magazine, it's in the Life in Bromley magazine, and um, it says, what your favourite font says about you? The days of uh, deciphering someone's handwriting to determine their personality becomes a little trickier given that most of us now use computers to communicate with each other. However, the clever people at cartridgesave.co.uk uh, spoke to expert psychologist Lee Chambers to reveal what your font choice reveals about you. So top 10 most popular fonts as revealed by the public. So we've got Arial, Calibra, Times Newman Roman, Georgia, Banschrift, however that's pronounced, Century Gothic, Lato, Com Comfort Tau, and April Fatface. <laughs> April <What>? Fatface. <laughs> I haven't heard of that one. And we've got Caprica. Which one are you? Calibri. You're a Calibri. Did I say Calibri? Calibri, Calibri, yeah. potato, potato. So, so to be fair, I mean, you need Ronnie Barker to deal with things like that. I mean, the man who did the... Uh, four candles sketch in the two Ronnies, which was so famous, and for which the script that he wrote as Gerald Wiley sold recently for £20,000. Wow. But he was great with his words. He actually did spoonerisms where you tangle up the words. Mm. Tangle up wordlings. Mm. Mm. Uh, that, so, that was a bit like that. That was a challenge. The Calibri, mm -hmm. as you say, yes. uh, 38%. Okay value efficiency and are likely to be less bothered by what people but what sorry by what others think that's what it says about you i'm bothered by what you think <laughs> yeah it's interesting because i i kind of fluctuate between two of those two three of those do you which one right read about one example that you think is the one that relates most to you go on i would probably say uh georgia and Ariel mm -hmm. would be equal. So the Ariel is 53%. Appreciate simplicity. Mm. And are likely to be reliable even in a crisis. Yeah, I agree with that. And the Georgia is 25%. Practical, mature. <laughs> I don't know about mature sometimes. <laughs> uh, value elements of formality and elegance. Well, there's something I didn't do before this. <laughs> oh, anyway. Affirmation time? Absolutely. It is. Or are you going to go with something? No, I'm going to go with affirmation. Affirmation time. So, here it goes. Who uh, or what? This we do have an interruption. Yeah. We don't often Hello. have that. Hello. Hello. Would you like to say hello into our podcast? Oh, no, I'm okay. That was Thank you so much. No worries. Have a lovely weekend. Bye. You too. Bye. Thanks for my tea. And that was. 
the delightful Sophie. Yep. Right, so back to my affirmation. Mm. Who or what defines the contents of your life? Oh gosh, you should have seen Darren's face just then. Uh, I don't know, this is a work in progress. Who or what defines the contents of your life? Be nice, sir, to hear people's thoughts on that one. I think myself that um, for a lot of people, uh, it's the life events which control the most of all. Because you like to think that you can plan the future and you're going along, and then unexpected stuff happens and derails you. It's, mm. it's like a, life is like a continual series of derailments. But we shouldn't allow, allow that to control us. We need to take control of it. Mm. Well, that, life that, events, d d you know, often does because we haven't got. All of us don't have the capacity or the skills to fully accept and then take control of the things that we can control and let go of the things that we can't control because we often want to control the things we can't control more than the things that we can control. Now sure. you're looking at me really confused. No, no, I'm just, uh, <laughs> I'm, I don't think I'll be able to contribute to the podcast very much from a cryogenic stasis change, which is possibly the only way to really stop life throwing wobblies at us all the time. <laughs> anyway, back to well, thank you. Thank you for that very profound one again. Hmm. Um, yeah, there, there's a lot of things. This is why you know, life coaches and um, business coaches and all that exist. They're there to smooth out the uneven path of life. Would you think that's mm. nice? I do, yes. Mm. And we all need that from time to time, even myself. And actually, that was a buzz for me. I had a, coach, a lovely coaching session with business coach uh, Lee Lamb. Oh, excellent. Yeah, it was very, very eye-opening. Things that you would think I would know, which I do know, but I forget. So it's nice to have another coach open up those possibilities again and get, um, get you to reflect on things that you sometimes easily forget. Right, well, here's a, a reminder of a uh, what's on, which is that Bromley FC play uh, Wrexham in the FA Trophy final uh, on the 22nd of May. Uh, now, between us, I'm 5-1 up on Lee Lamb sessions. I've had five, you've had one. I've had uh, two. And I've enjoyed them too. Two. Mm -hmm. Oh, you're starting to catch up. I'm catching up. Oh, dear. Um, yes, but I found that very um, insightful myself as well. And um, I think that's just a, a thing in life. Get good advice from wherever you can get it, really. Yeah. From family outwards. Absolutely. Mm. Absolutely. Right, here's a, if I'm giving myself the turn for it, here's something that uh, gave me a, a real nice buzz the other day. Uh, I don't know if you've looked at our own Insta lately, I think you might have actually liked this. i not turn the phone off, Don, <laughs> as you do. Would you like me to look on my phone? You can, have a little look at our Insta, but on there is a picture of a Queen's uh, Platinum Jubilee post topper. Oh yes, I did see yeah, that. Um, a crocheted artwork, which is on the top of a post box on Court okay. Road in Orpington, looking marvellous. Whoever did that, and whoever is Big involved in uh, acts of crochet kindness, of which is a Facebook book and a hashtag, but that kind of thing is just so cheerful and nice. Mm. So I buzz about every one of those I see. So that's on Court Road in Orpington. Yep. Uh, it's absolutely stunning. I wonder well, how long that took them. I know some are popping up in other places in the borough as well. Uh, and there was a very amusing one I've referred to on an earlier show, which was basically like ham, egg and chips and burger, which appeared on the post box outside our local fish and chip <laughs> shop. 
Right, anyway, we were talking about the sliding qualities of life in Bromley and life in Orpington. Do you have anything else within them that you'd yes, like to share? Yes, I would. Um, I've forgotten all my notes at home, but um, not my notes, and my pictures and things, but remember, uh, last week we went to my local pub. So we did. Thank you for reminding me of that particular bus, uh, which was and I had the best sausage roll I have ever had in my entire life. Well, I'm not arguing with that tone of voice. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, not only was it the best one you'd had in your life, it was one of the more enjoyable half sausage rolls that I've had. And in particular, it was quite amusing after I'd had my half, when you said something along the lines of, if I'd known it was that good, I wouldn't have given you half. <laughs> <laughs> yes, what was the pub though? Crown and Anchor. Thank you. Very nice pub, nice outdoor room. Uh, sort of mural things around the door and at the back. I put some pictures on Instagram actually as well. You did, um, yes. I think we've got a selfie which we haven't put up yet. You no, like we share. haven't put up that selfie yet. Go on. Uh, but I will do. Um, I'm just having a look at something to see. Oh my God, where's it gone? Entertainments. Oh yes. Ah, but were we not served by another Sophie? Was it another Sophie? It yet? was another Sophie. Yeah, it's the, just the Sophie. Mm. Um, yeah, she was lovely. So shout out to her too. So this, uh, the Crown and Anchor is on Park Road, Bromley. So literally in the town centre. Um, and they actually have mm. um, Mike Deves playing classic 50s and 60s vinyl records coming up. So all the donations are there for a charity. Uh, it's on Monday afternoons. I think we should go along to that on a Monday afternoon and get you another sausage roll. Absolutely. Mm. Right, the rest of the show is actually over to you. I have nothing to add apart from life in stuff. No, I, I can't remember. I just wanted to, uh, another big shout out to the Rotary Club who was collecting donations in the Glades, mm. which I volunteered an hour of my time to do. Which, given um, the fact you're not yourself a Rotarian at this point, is particularly kind of you. Yeah, so mm. um, I do a fair bit. Oh, actually, there is one thing coming up. On the 14th of May mm -hmm. is uh, the Bromley Passport Club. Yeah. They're... Um, well, Denise Mead Hill, she's organising, and we're going to be uh, walking or running, I don't know, depends, whatever tickles your fancy, but it's in aid of collecting donations for water aid. Well, as part of that club myself, I really should uh, come along. <laughs> I'll just bring up those details, just mm -hmm. give me a second. So, here we go. Walk hang for on, water hang on. aid. Oh, I'm sorry, if you were oh, going to stretch out at all, I was going to come up with some lovely music. <laughs> Lift music. Anyway, go on. Huh? You've confused me. Uh, Walk for Water, 14th to the 5th, 22. Uh, this community, this is community spirit because water is a shared resource and a shared responsibility. Uh, People of Action, Bromley Borough Passport Club. And you can go to their website, uh, wateraid.org.uk. I think that's it. And you can make donations there. Um, I will be putting posts out because I know myself, I think Tim Buick, uh, Sarah might be, Sarah Marsh Collins as well, might be walking on that day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Great. What am I looking at? Do we have anything to add from Life Norton to Life Norton? Oh, Life, uh, there was, but I've lost it now. So I think... Is it oh, you've actually, never lost it? I've never lost it. Yeah. I lose it all the time. Um, I just found this really cute. Um, it says here... Brits are pet obsessed. Would you agree with that? Absolutely, I would. Hmm. New research 
by photo printing specialist CEWE has revealed that the average owner takes, oh my goodness, 1,000, Sarah, are you listening? Jason, are you listening? 1,464 photos of their pets every year. Mind you, when I had my cats, I probably took about 10, 20 pictures a day. That is obsessed, isn't it? Um, compared to 1,259 photos of their family and 927 photos of their friends. The research also showed that Oxford is the most pet-obsessed city in the UK, with the average pet owner taking 3,340 photos every year of their beloved companions. The next highest city is our Coventry, 2,941, Leeds, 2,672, London, 2,073, and then Sheffield, 1,664. Our favourite pet things to do with our pet photos are keep them on our phone to look back on them, 51% do that. Send to friends and family, 33%. Share them on social media, 31%. Even in our magazine, <laughs> we love people sending us picture, um, their pics, pics. So keep them coming in. And then creating a photo album at 20%. Right. I'm well, all about percentages today, aren't I? You are. Hmm. Stats girl. I'm a stats girl today, yes. Right, well, I'm going to bring us along to the final buzz out, if that's all right with you. You may. Uh, with this link, uh, and it is uh, a dog-themed one, because I like bulldogs a lot. I think they're marvellous. And one of the things that's marvellous about them is some of the names that they have. And I've got some names of uh, <laughs> bulldogs that I've met over the last year or two. Uh, and so I was listening to the radio the other day, someone was referring to their ageing, not moving very much bulldog, which they love very much, called Olive. Uh, <laughs> the, the one localist to me, uh, the two actually, Rollo. Uh, there's a Jupiter. Oh nice, very, I like Jupiter. Um, the first one that um, helped me to fall in love with the breed was called Bernard, I think. Uh, and I'll also give a shout out to Joe Good, who does the evening show on BBC Radio London. Mm. Uh, her late, very sadly, bulldog was Mildred. But I was delighted when she got another one who's Myrtle. And on that note, would you like to attempt to buzz out on the music of How Much Is the Doggy in That Window? Do you remember that song? No. This might be a rather one sided tune then. Yes. Right, here we go. <laughs> On a count of three, to me by myself. One, two, a one, two, three, go. That's more of a hum than a now, buzz. In the window, ah, now I know that. Yeah, and I can't remember anything as I don't remember more than one line of many songs after that. Oh, go on, sing it. How much is that dog in the window? And I, you can look up the lyrics, I suppose, but anyway. Yes. How Lovely. Much How Thank much you. is that doggy in the window? I love that. Great buzz. Thank you. Love the names. And that's it for this week from Darren Wheel of Intune PR and Zenat Narani of Vida de la Mariposa Coaching. Have a great few days. <laughs>